I'm shook! Rise and shine, Holly Shook listeners. I'm Armin, and I'm joined, as always, by the great, the illustrious, the wonderful Ryan Alkire. How are you, Rye? I'm so good, Armin. Thank you. By the time this podcast released, that meme will be totally over with and dead. That's how we do it on Holly Shook. <laughs> it's a historic celebrity scandal True. podcast. It's not contemporary, although we do get into contemporary scandals. Here and there we do. Yeah, who knows when this episode is going to be released, uh, but when you eventually hear it, uh, now you are going to get the Rise and Shine reference. It is in reference to the uh, Kylie Jenner video. I don't even know where that video is from, by the way. My sister said it's from her YouTube channel. Mm. I, was like, I don't know, my sisters watch her YouTube, I guess. Apparently she has a YouTube channel. Who would have known? Who doesn't have a YouTube channel nowadays? I guess we don't. We don't. Should we start? Maybe it's I something me- we should look into. I remember in the early phases of, I don't even know if it was Holly Shook, but Buttered Pop, our original podcast, we were thinking of recording it, remember? And doing oh, like, yeah. It would kind of be dumb now because we're not in the same room. That's true. That's true. But back be- in the day, we should have done that. I don't know. It doesn't sound as interesting. It sounded cooler when we like thought of it, but... Now it doesn't sound that fun. But you know what does sound fun? Hmm. Getting into a historic celebrity scandal. Fun! <laughs> so that means we need to get into the guessing game. Oh, guessing game. Okay, okay, okay. But I need your intro, Rye. You always introduce it so well. Guessing game. <laughs> it's different every time. It's different every single time. You know, We should record like a guessing game segment, but... It's more fun to just do it live. I like it live. I love being surprised every single time. Same. I'm surprised every time. I'm like, what's going to come out of the mouth this time? Sometimes you add the little, ooh, ooh, ooh yeah, yeah, at the end of it. Yeah. I didn't feel that today. It didn't, it didn't feel right today. It doesn't feel right right now? No. Okay. What I did, what I did felt right. And now I'm ready to guess because that was the proper introduction to the guessing game. All right, Rye, let's get into it. My very first clue is going to be that the subject of this scandal starred in one of the more popular sitcoms of the 21st century, and this person's scandal involved their child. Okay. I'm, I'm um, keeping it very basic for now. Okay, so- I want to see if you can use that information and, and come up with the answer. Or if you need more clues. Okay, 21st century is... <laughs> right. You have 2000. To... Yes. 2000. <laughs> and... You have to know what the centuries are. 2000s. Okay, so in the last 20 years, give or take. Um, take. Um, <laughs> Definitely take I... it. Okay, but you've, you know that I famously don't really like sitcoms that much, usually. If I remember correctly, you love this sitcom. What? Is it like... Okay. The sitcom was on NBC. NBC. Uh, um, Parks and Rec? No. Um, 30 Rock. Yes. 30 Rock. And, and remember, they... the scandal involves this person's child. Tra- Tracy Morgan? No. Alec Baldwin. Oh my God, when he called his daughter on yes. the phone. 
the time Alec Baldwin left a threatening <laughs> voicemail to his daughter, Ireland. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> but you're aware oh. of this scandal? Yes, of course. Ireland. Why is that his daughter's name? Freaking once again, celebrity names, celebrity children's names make no sense. You famously hate when celebrities name their children the name of cities, states, countries, or even continents. Continents. Asia, but spelled A-E-J-A. You hated that. That was the name, that's the name of Shania's child, right? Yeah, I think it's Shania Twain's son. I don't like that. Okay, Ireland. Okay. Are you into it? As someone who's very Irish, I'm more into it. But I just am like, what? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. It's like fully a name of a country. Well, you famously also make exceptions to your rule of hating the names that are based on city, states, countries, or continents. I know. It's not that I don't like it. And this doesn't matter. This is not what the scandal's about. But um, (laughs) it just is so blatantly like you just took the name of a country. Like You didn't even really put any thought into it. Well, what if Alec just really loves Ireland? That's fine. A lot of people really like Ireland. Um, But it doesn't mean that everyone's name is that. Even call her, like, Dublin. No, I don't. Well, maybe he doesn't like Dublin. He just likes Ireland on the whole. And he wants to be reminded of the country every time he speaks to his daughter, specifically when he leaves her voicemails. But here's the other thing, is that it's going to get to the point where... Now the name Ireland for him is not synonymous with the country. It's more, he's going to connect it more with his daughter, you know? So you're saying that basically the purpose of naming it to be reminded of this country you love is ultimately lost when then the name becomes more affiliated with this person you love. Yeah, the human. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's really counterproductive. It does make sense. Logic is flawed and... I'm over it. That's it. That's my final take. I don't like it. Should we just not cover this scandal and instead go deeply into your fascination with celebrity children's names? So we should do like a special. <laughs> Let's do that one day for Patreon. Celebrity names special. <laughs> All right. That's it for the guessing game. You guessed it in a good minute. I mean, that was pretty quick. Yeah. Well, yeah. It only took like three clues. It only took three clues. Also, I always forget that. So when I think sitcom, I think like Friends, Seinfeld, um, other ones where there's laughter, like laugh tracks and stuff. You think of multicam sitcoms when you hear the word sitcom. Correct. I don't think of like Parks and Rec and 30 Rock and Schitt's Creek and like all that. Right. Which are single cam. Also, I knew this. But it was presented to me the other day. I was talking about a sitcom, and I was like, I don't know. I just feel like the situations are less comedic this season. And (laughs) someone goes, well, that's bad for a sitcom. And I was like, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. They're like, but no, that's like literally what it's a sitcom. A situational comedy. Right? And they're like, a situational comedy? And I was like, oh, my God. It all makes sense because that's what they are. They're just different situations. This is like deeply troubling considering the fact that you were a film and television major. 
Yeah, but we didn't, like, have a day that we learned the, like, definitions of TV show names day. You don't, you didn't have a glossary? You didn't have a a, a vocab lesson in film and, and TV? I mean, probably, but they probably covered it one day in freshman year, and I don't remember. Like, can't you define mise-en-scene? I know what mise-en-scene is. It's everything in the scene. Boom. But. How do you know mise-en-scene? You don't know sitcom. Because mise-en-scene is like French. That's like a nor- <laughs> like a, It's like a word you're going to remember. A sitcom's like just stupid. Like, I doubt. Okay, listeners, raise your hand if you knew that sitcom meant situational comedy. I oh, a know. lot of people are raising their hand right now. I could see it. Well, if they are, they look stupid because they're probably in the car or walking down the street raising their hand. But I just don't think it's... Nobody thinks every time they hear sitcom, they're like situational comedy. True. Just like every time we say Ireland, I don't think Alec Baldwin's daughter, okay? Well, now I do because I've done all this research, 15 pages worth of research. And you, Ryan, are probably wondering, Armin, how did you do 15 pages worth of research on a voicemail? On a voicemail. I didn't think I, I would either, but guess what? This story is actually way bigger than a voicemail. I am not surprised that you have 15 pages, to be honest. I know. I don't know what's wrong with me. Well, let's buckle on up then, buddy. All right, Rye. Are you buckled up? Buckled. All right. Well, let's let's start with who is Alec Baldwin? Who is he? Who is he? He's an enigma. Uh, in addition to being an enigma, Alec Baldwin is an actor. Mm. he's fairly well known so I feel like we don't need to go too deep into Alec Baldwin's life and career Um, but he famously is the eldest of four Baldwin brothers Stephen Rob (laughs) Daniel and William 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 Bill Baldwin oh Bill they're all Billy you know don't Bill Billy Baldwin I was like, as if I, is he the one who's in Frink, um, Flintstones? Maybe. I forget yeah. if that's Steven or Billy. They all look the same. But all four of them are actors, which is an interesting yeah. fact about them. Uh, he, Some more successful than others, Alec. Of course. Uh, apparently, I didn't know this, but he first uh, became famous after appearing on season six and seven of Knott's Landing in the mid-80s. Mm-hmm. And then he would exponentially increase his fame uh, after appearing in Beetlejuice. Oh my gosh, yes. In 1988, of course, that's Tim Burton's Beetlejuice, uh, also starring uh, Michael Keaton. Catherine O'Hara. Yes, and that movie is what really sort of propelled Alec Baldwin into fame. Uh, we watched it last Halloween randomly. Um, and I was like, he was a dreamboat, little Alec Baldwin. I think it's pretty unanimous that he's handsome. Right, but you kind of forget because he's also a douchebag. So I'm kind of like, ugh. You know? True. Uh, he would go on to uh, star as Jack Ryan in The Hunt for Red October. He also had an iconic role in Glengarry Glen Ross where he delivers that iconic speech, always be closing. Yes, so iconic. Do you not know this speech, Rye? Okay, I feel like every Alec Baldwin movie is like the last movie I would ever go see. Like, Rent, Hunt for Red October. I'm like, that sounds like the absolute, my bottom list. 
of movies I would want to go see. And you know <laughs> and what? Gary you are Gloss, absolutely right. Gary Gross Green. Too many Garys. I'm like, I don't know. Sounds white and boring and old. Uh, yeah, you've basically checked off all the boxes that it is. Al Pacino does deliver a great performance in Glengarry, Glenn Gross. Once again, Al Pacino, not my <laughs> number one movie star. <laughs> um, Alec Baldwin kind of has a lull in his career for a long while in the 90s and beginning of the 2000s. Uh, but then he would go on to uh, have a role, a small role in The Departed and more famously go on to star in 30 Rock, which we already mentioned. Mm-hmm. And that was just a powerhouse masterclass performance for seven seasons. He uh, not only won an Emmy for it, but he won a Golden Globe for it. And now he is one of the more popular actors today. I don't think he's considered an upper echelon actor or maybe even an A-list actor, uh, but he's well-respected. And we probably have to mention the fact that he portrays Donald Trump on SNL constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Which I think keeps him in the news and kind of in our sort of pop culture conversation uh, more than anything nowadays. Yeah, and it's so interesting because he also is in the news a lot for his off-camera work. Yes. <laughs> um, like his scandal, which obviously we'll get into. And it's so strange because, and I'm sure we'll like dissect this later, dissect, but... um he's always has really bad scandals where he just is awful, but we continue to like, it's fine. Like, we're just like, yeah. And then we continue like watching movies and stuff that he's in. And like, you can go back and watch 30 rock and it doesn't like taint your like view on it at all. And it's just so weird to me. Yeah. He has multiple incidents of punching photographers, for example. I'm sure that's what you're referencing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, today, I'm actually going to narrow the scope just to this scandal and yeah. save those other scandals for another day, possibly. Yeah, he's like one of the people we could do like a special on. Like, well, this is a special, I guess, but like Alec Baldwin scandals and do like a whole thing. Yeah, even recently, he assaulted a photographer and he was charged with assault. Yeah, but he's getting charged with something. But he also, I've seen him in a couple movies where he plays like himself basically like he plays just like a total awful person so maybe it's worked for his career he can play those roles now i feel like alec baldwin is very similar to jack donaghy oh for sure they're yeah yeah jack donaghy donaghy to me (laughs) seems like maybe has a little more heart because he does have that soft side apparently alec baldwin does too though if you all don't know by the way jack donaghy is his character in 30 rock I think everyone in 30 Rock is playing themselves, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. So uh, that's that's Alec Baldwin for you. You may be wondering, uh, who is Ireland? We mentioned Ireland uh, earlier in the podcast. That's his daughter. And a country. And it's also a country. But in this case, for the sake of this scandal, uh, we are not referring to the country ever, but only to the person. Uh, Ireland is the daughter of Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. And that's that matters because uh, Kim Basinger plays an essential role in all of this. So, who is Kim Basinger? Also an actress. She started her career as a model. She rose to fame 
with her role as a Bond girl in Never Say Never Again, which is actually the last time Sean Connery ever portrayed James Bond. Mm. So that role, obviously, you know, being a Bond girl in a James Bond movie, you know, shot her up to global fame, right? Right. But Kim Basinger has had many iconic roles. She played Vicki Vale in Tim Burton's Batman. Oh. She, play, she played uh, Lynn Bracken in L.A. Confidential, and she won an Oscar for that role. I love that for her. Uh, she's also considered one of the all-time like legendary sex symbols in Hollywood history. I wish that was my fucking claim to fame. Well, Rai, your story is yet to be written. You could still be one of Hollywood's great sex symbols. All right, doubt it, okay? Stop buttering me up. <laughs> Do we have sex symbols, by the way, nowadays? Yes. Well, who's like a current Hollywood sex symbol? I don't know, like Harry Styles? He's not Hollywood. He's famous. He's okay, famous, like, but I feel like actors, Hollywood actors, is... Actors. Yes, Hollywood is acting. Right? Oh, no, I'm um, <laughs> A current sex symbol. Okay, well, obviously I'm going straight to guys, but... No, go straight um, to guys. Guys are sex symbols. Brad Pitt was a 90s sex symbol. Kim, Kim Basinger was a 90s and 80s sex symbol. Um, this is, like, not, but, like, to me, Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> I guess it's just, like, people I, I find attractive. He could be getting there. Zac Efron, kind of. Yeah, I, I would say so. I'm trying to think of, like, female ones, too. I guess this kind of goes back to the conversation we have all the time. But celebrity is just so diffuse nowadays that I just don't feel like there's those, like, two or three sex symbols that everyone thinks of when when the conversation of sex symbols is brought up. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like before this, that, like, it was a really narrow group of people. But now it's like, oh, you could bring up, like, international pop stars, or it could be YouTube stars, or it could be Vine stars, or Instagram models. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm thinking, like, Chloe, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Mm, I don't know if she's a sex symbol, though. Is she? Yeah. I just don't think she's famous enough. No, yeah, she's not, but people think she's hot. She is hot. Right. I'll be the next symbol. (laughs) Yeah, you're the next. Okay. So, obviously, uh, Kim Basinger and Alec Baldwin uh, were together. Uh, I'll go through uh, their relationship. So, in 1990, Alec Baldwin met Kim Basinger when uh, they starred in the same movie together, a movie called The Marrying Man. Oh. Uh, Kim Basinger said that she actually met Alec Baldwin in 1990 at a dinner at uh, Morden's in Los Angeles. LOL. Apparently, he kisses her and asks her if she wanted to have kids. Ew. She calls him psychotic and said, look, let's just stick to the movie. LOL. Alec Baldwin then, after the dinner, calls his best friend and said, she's driving me insane, and we're getting married. What the fuck? Yep. Uh, she yep. had... <laughs> Baldwin's an intense dude, you'll come to find yeah. out. And probably inappropriate at times. <sighs> Definitely inappropriate at times. At most times. <laughs> she, uh, Kim Basinger had actually uh, just gotten divorced she had just uh, ended her first marriage to Ron Britton. And so she had no interest in anything romantic at this time. Yeah. But Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger were super into each other. Of course. So according to this People article called Too Hot to Handle, oh. published on January 29th, 2001, quote, things rapidly turned torrid. A crew member... 
on the set of Marrying Man said in 1993, quote, you could feel the sexual tension between them. It was like a heat-seeking missile had been fired. Jeez Louise. Yep. I think this could be from the same crew member, but this quote is from an a New York Magazine article published on April 27th, 2007, entitled A Chronicling of Baldwin and Basinger's Relationship. So this says, quote, you've read about all the tantrums, the chair throwing, the phone smashing. Living it was a hundred times worse. If Baldwin slammed a door, Basinger would slam another door harder. It was like they were two little kids having a contest to see who could be the brattiest. LOL. I kind of like them. Yeah, they were just volatile. You know, they they were super hot and heavy, basically. Yeah, I love like the the passionate, the like dysfunctional, passionate relationship. Oh yeah, super dysfunctional, super passionate. But their marriage actually ended up lasting a long time, and I'll get into that. Uh, however, here is a quote from Kim Basinger in 2016 in an interview with Netta Porte. Right? Okay. She says. Quote, there were times I could have chosen my movies better. I did this film, The Marrying Man, where I met my eventual ex-husband, Alec Baldwin, but I was teeter-tottering because I, I had also been offered Sleeping with the Enemy, which eventually starred Julia Roberts. Mm. Isn't it funny that I turned down Sleeping with the Enemy, and then I went on to Sleep with the Enemy? LOL, yes. <laughs> she also even waited 10 years to do that quote. <laughs> She's like, somebody ask me about it, please. <laughs> uh, she also says in that article entitled Woman uh, on Top, uh, Alec and I are cool now, though. Life go- goes on. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So they're happy ending kind of in a way. In a way. But, uh, well, not happy ending, but they're, like, they're not like still throwing chairs at each other. Exactly. Uh, but a lot happens in between the early 90s and 2016. So, bu- again, buckle up. Keep your buckle buckled. I, I almost unbuckled. Thank God. You Don't unbuckle, to... right? Don't unbuckle. <laughs> Danger. So, uh, they would get engaged. But the engagement gets called off in March of 1992. Okay. So, the reason why uh, the engagement gets called off, according to New York Magazine in that article a, t- a chronicling of their relationship um <laughs> is because she found out that alec baldwin had dinner with his ex-fiance and she told <laughs> baldwin quote your history now the wedding is out the window uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah again they are volatile uh, drama. they love the drama. they are so much drama a year and a half later they get married <laughs> <laughs> On August 19th, 1993, they marry in East Hampton. According to Alec Baldwin's mother, Carol, quote, it was a zoo with the media. There was a man who posed as a cop who turned out to be from the National Enquirer. (laughs) Good for him. That's like really illegal, but okay. (laughs) So on October 23rd, 1995, Ireland Baldwin is born. Yay. What year? 1995. Okay. So two years later. Cool, cool, cool. In an article called Why Me, Alec Baldwin's Disappointment Undimmed by Success in the New Yorker, Alec Baldwin said this in regards to Ireland's birth. Quote, I just became, you know, I'm not saying this to sound like a good guy. I just was obsessed 
with being with my daughter and trying to parent my daughter. I always wanted children. And I think in hindsight, I probably made a mistake in the sense of my career. He would compare himself to his brother, Billy. Quote, my life in some ways has been a half measure. I didn't commit myself all the way to my marriage and family because I would have had I would have given up more, and I didn't go all the way with just being completely selfish. I always wonder where my career would be if I was more selfish. Billy is someone who gave it all up for his family, and he has a lovely family. He's happily married. He stayed married to one person. Another fun fact. Alec Baldwin was arrested after attacking a press photographer the day that him and Kim Basinger brought Ireland home from the hospital. Stop. Good father from the start. (laughs) He just loved Ireland so much that he had to fight anyone that got in his way. He's like, okay, so first day at home, I'm going to be in jail. You be at home. Like, let me know how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, here's a little blurb from that New York Magazine uh, article about Baldwin and Basinger's relationship. Quote, coming home from the hospital... Baldwin scuffles with a photographer who tumbles into some trash cans, breaking his glasses, end quote. <laughs> oh, boo-hoo. The photographer's name was Alan Zanger. Apparently, he socked him in the nose. Uh, <laughs> a jury awarded him $4,500 in damages. Okay, what the freaking heck glasses was he wearing? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you had to go to the hospital probably for a broken nose, too. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, Kim Basinger would tell Ladies Home Journal in 1998, quote, I live with a very passionate, verbal, vocal man who doesn't keep any thought to himself. He has the biggest heart of anybody I've ever met, but at the same time, he's an Irish Catholic with a temper. <laughs> Bitch, same. <laughs> Are you Irish Catholic? Are you joking? <laughs> I, I didn't know. Are you? Oh my god, I'm my family is so Irish Catholic, it's annoying. <laughs> but do you have a temper? I don't have a temper, but I have I can definitely say some of my uncles have gotten into fights at family barbecues before. Like we're my my mom's parents both came straight from Ireland, like straight off the boat. Oh wow. So you're my, uh second generation then? Yeah, my grandma like straight up has an accent. She's like, Hello. <laughs> that was not good, but she calls cats pussies, and she'll always be like, get the pussy off the table. And I'm like, Grandma, just call it a cat. <laughs> oh, my God. Your grandma sounds so much fun. Yeah, she's great. She's, like, two feet tall. I love her. <laughs> I kind of, I have a soft spot for Alec Baldwin right now. Yeah? I can relate. I don't punch people, but. I think uh, you're going to have a little ebb and flow with this, uh, but we'll see where it ends. We'll see where it ends. I feel like we always go on a journey with these celebrities. We're like, we hate them. We want to hate them. But at the end, we're like, ah. You know, we see both sides. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's less about seeing both sides and more about the nuance of it all. They are people. Are they? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. And there are ups and downs. And there are times when even Kim Basinger, who would go on to have a contentious relationship with Alec Baldwin to say the least Mm -hmm. would say things like the following to the Red Book in 1994 quote I'm in love with him and we're wildly attracted to each other Alec is very comfortable being a man and is very confident end quote 
And there's so there's ups and downs. They obviously yeah. had some downs where they, you know, slammed doors on each other. But then she's talking about how she's just wildly attracted to him, uh, to the Red Book, right? So ebbs and flows. And we have the same sort of ebbs and flows. Not as intensely. Yeah. Not as intimately, but it's there. Yeah. I've, you could say that we are the Kim to each other's Alex. You're like, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, probably, from, our, probably from Alex's perspective. Yeah, with, he, our, with our celebrities, we have the same relationships. Right. We ebb and flow with them. <laughs> I guess because in this case, Alec is the focus of the scandal. Yes, we're going to more so ebb and flow with Alec Baldwin tonight, yeah. today. Okay. I can't wait. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna ebb so freaking hard when he does the voicemail. <laughs> Get ready to ebb. Uh, not uh, quite yet, but it's gonna happen. I'm on the edge of an ebb. In the summer of 2000, Monty Farber, who is a Hamptons author, who had a part in Alec Baldwin's film The Devil and Daniel Webster. Okay. Sounds so good. <laughs> said, "Quote: You're familiar with that story, though, right?" No. Uh, you don't know Daniel Webster, the great lawyer. Lawyer, I will not. I never watch lawyer movies. It's well, but it's also a book. I don't read lawyer books either. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> if I'm gonna do anything about a lawyer, it would be a movie, but I'm not. Well, anyway, Monty Farber said, speaking of lawyer films, by the way, don't don't dismiss all of them. You should see a few good men starring Jack Nicholson. Uh, okay, that's that's what I'll go watch the first thing I turn on Netflix. <laughs> So Monty Farber says, quote, the way Kim and Alec were dancing, you would have thought they would have stayed together forever. Okay, but isn't that what everyone thinks on the wedding day? No, this is this is years later. This is eight year. Uh, this is seven years later in 2000, summer of 2000. Because uh, I was like, I would hope that on their wedding day, you would think that. Right. We've moved well past the wedding day. Okay, sorry. I thought you said he was part of the wedding. No, he had a part in Baldwin's film, The Devil and Daniel Webster. Oh, right. <laughs> Devil and Dev- Daniel Webster wedding. Wedding. Thing. It's the same shit. You said East Hamptons again. Yes. I'm all about the. I'm all. That's oh the right, because he is he is a Hamptons author. author. And then their wedding was in the Hamptons. Baldwin just loves the Hamptons. That's the one detail I remember of the wedding. I'm like Hamptons. He actually really does love the Hamptons, <laughs> and that was a part of some of their uh, ongoing issues. Jesus Christ. In January of 2001, so a mere half year after that famous dance that Monty Farber witnessed, mm-hmm. Kim Basinger files for divorce. Oh, God. The dance was a facade. It was all a facade. So in that People article, Too Hot to Handle, it says, quote, to all appearances, the 10 days that Kim Basinger spent at home in Athens, Georgia over the holidays seemed merry and bright. As Christmas approached, her husband, Alec Baldwin, arrived to join the festivities. Basinger's father said, quote, Alec was here for the whole Santa Claus bit. Then Baldwin jetted back north after a few days, and Basinger stayed on to help cook a traditional Southern New Year's meal of black-eyed peas, collard greens, and hog jowls. <laughs> in all, <laughs> I love, sometimes I just, I have to read word for word what these articles say because yeah. it's so melodramatic every time. It's like, oh, they're writing a freaking Jane Austen novel here for People Magazine. And it, 
and here's the thing about people back in the 90s and 2000s, from what I've discovered uh, through us doing our podcast and doing all this research, they actually had some decently well-written pieces, or at the very least, they would like try to do something a little more elevated. Yeah, no, it used to be like actual journal. Well, I won't say journalism, but it used to be like actually like well-written. Now it's just like... OMG. <laughs> right. It's like, OMG. Like, did you see that IG post? Like, that's like every post. Oh, cannot even believe. I'm so done. But you actually had like then- solid writers writing for people in the 90s and 2000s. I'll, I'll never forget that actually really well-written piece about uh, Julia Roberts uh, leaving Kiefer Sutherland a few days before their wedding. That was that was a great piece, actually. That was art. Oh, the so, good old days. Mag. I don't know where those writers are now, but uh, we miss you. <laughs> we miss you. Come back, please. Come back. They're writing for like literally, I don't know. What's a respected magazine? <laughs> I was going to be like, <laughs> Page Vogue. Six. Oh, maybe yeah. Vogue. Vogue's like good, right? Yeah, Vogue's, you know. GQ. GQ. I don't know. Maybe they're at GQ. Yeah. So anyway, back to that that little blurb. because it, it, The it, Black Eyed Peas. It gets even better. <laughs> the Black Eyed Peas, Collard Greens, and Hog Jowls. In all... It was a performance equal to her 1997 Oscar. <laughs> Sorry, this is just too good. I can't. In all, it was a performance equal to her 1997 Oscar-winning turn in L.A. Confidential, <laughs> considering that Basinger and Baldwin had in fact separated four weeks. But on January 12th, the role-playing came to an abrupt end when Basinger filed for divorce in Los Angeles Superior Court, citing irreconcilable differences with Baldwin and seeking physical custody of Ireland. They had actually separated on December 5th, Rye. It was all a ruse. It was all a freaking ruse. See, that's why you can't date actors. You never know. You never know. Do they like you? Do they not? Are they happy or are they not? They even fooled Don, Kim Basinger's father. Oh, why you got to pull one over on Don like that, you guys? Poor Don. That's unforgivable. He was probably so happy his daughter's in a good marriage, and then four weeks later, bombshell. Alex doing the whole uh, Santa Claus bit, and Don's just buying every bit of it. Was Alec in the... Was this when he was in the Santa Claus? (laughs) That's Tim Allen. Oh, Tim Allen? They're not the same people. Do you think we're talking about Tim Allen right now? I don't not think that. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, they're all the same. No, you just dropped the Santa Claus and I was like, is this when the Santa Claus came out? Well, I thought maybe he played like a minor role. In in the article, they get a quote from Don saying, Alec was here for the whole Santa Claus bit. The whole Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. So Sometimes art imitates reality and I'm like, maybe he was in the Santa Claus. I don't know. Or maybe it was reality imitating art. There we go. That happens too. That does happen. In fact, the quote is actually, life imitates art. Oh, yeah. <laughs> reality imitate. <laughs> art imitates reality. Everyone's like, what? I mean, typically art is sort of derived from reality, right? Inspired by. All right, we'll do an art theory lesson later. Art theory lesson. Okay. Uh, according to this Too Hot to Handle article on people, they are looking to share legal custody. And Kim Basinger is also seeking unspecified alimony. Friends at this time are characterizing the split as amicable. Says one Hamptons restaurateur, Colin Ambrose, who is apparently a friend of theirs. I don't see this as being some really nasty thing. 
Well, he's a fucking idiot, because fast forward, bitch. Also, why is all of their, like, all of the speculation coming from people in the Hamptons? That That's where Alec Baldwin lived. Mm, he would. And actually, one of their contentions for years was the fact that Kim wanted to live in Los Angeles. Mm. But Alec wanted to settle in Long Island. Like, he he's born there, and he wanted to live there his whole life. That's weird. Dawn was also quoted in this article as saying, quote, I've known for a year and a half that she was thinking about this. I love Alec. He's the most kind and generous man I've ever known in my life. And he's overcome some very difficult things. All but one. His anger. <laughs> Obviously. So that's what I'm saying, Rai. There's an ebb and flow with Alec Baldwin for everybody, including Kim Basinger's father, who's like, I love this guy. He's the best guy I've ever known. Yeah. But his anger is uh, not so good. Yeah. So Don would go on to say, quote, Alec has this kind of anger where he reaches down for something that hurts, something that may have happened a year or two ago, and then abuses Kim with it. This has happened publicly, but it's when it started happening in front of Ireland that Kim finally said, well, I'm not going to put up with that. Good for you, Kim. Don said that Kim actually warned Alec saying, quote, you've got to overcome this anger or I can't live with you. Alec would actually attempt counseling, but he would go one or two times and then quit every single time. Kim Basinger's father, Don, stressed, though, that there, were, there was no physical abuse and there was no affairs that played a part in the breakup. He also said that Alec, quote, will always be welcome in my home. Okay, interesting. So people love Alec Baldwin. They're like, he's the best guy, but he gets pretty pissed off sometimes and it gets pretty nasty. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But I guess that's true. It's like you only really hear about his scandals when it's like he punches someone or he yells at his daughter over voicemail. It's never like anything more than that, I guess. Well, he but does assault photographers frequently. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he, he, he lashes out. He's not like, you know, doing anything. That's his problem. He lashes out. Right. And it doesn't seem at, at the very least that there's any sort of physical domestic abuse. Right, just physical stranger abuse. Right, and not to justify punching out a photographer. But at least it's not his wife. And I'm not going to justify like violence against the paparazzi, but I, I can understand the frustration of being a person who, yes, you're a public figure, but uh, you're coming out of the hospital with your newborn baby who is less than a day old, and there's a dude jumping into your face to snap some photos for a magazine. Right, to make a quick buck. Oh, yeah. It definitely is frustrating. Not that I know. And you're like, I I got it. Those paparazzi, right, always coming for me. Always. But I can empathize, even though I'm not in that position. Yeah. So... A veteran Hollywood publicist said, quote, Alec is a pretty loose cannon, but Basinger is not exactly a poster girl for stability. Okay. Colin Ambrose says that Kim Basinger is, quote, a complicated woman. Okay. Now, according to that People article, Too Hot to Handle, Kim Basinger, quote, suffers from panic attacks and has twice been confined to her home for six-month stretches by paralyzing bouts of agoraphobia. 
Kim Basinger also said in a 1999 HBO documentary on panic disorders, quote, I think it was very hard for Alec to understand my being stricken at times. It's very difficult for spouses or a family member to understand to have patience with this. So it appears that Kim Basinger, you know, suffers uh, from anxiety, from panic attacks and different things that may have put a strain on their relationship, right? But that's not what this story is about, but it's worth noting. Makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. There's a there's a, a lot of factors that go into it. Exactly. Colin Ambrose said that Baldwin is, quote, sad. He's fine, but it's really draining on him, and I'm sure it is on her, too, end quote. The restaurant guy? Uh, yeah. Okay. He's random as hell. Just Colin Ambrose being really, really terrible at prognostication, okay? Because yeah. you're going to find out, but the whole thing about them being able to be amicable with each other going forward is just not going to turn out to be true. I have a feeling that was going to be a lie. I mean, the fact that the lead up to their wedding was so up and down. I mean, literally getting into screaming matches on a constant basis at work, even. Yeah. And then the fact that their marriage itself was complicated. They called off the engagement. Called off the engagement, even. I forgot about that for a second. So <sighs> it's uh, not hard to predict that their post-marriage life would also be complicated, right? Right. Makes sense. So, in their post-marriage, divorced uh, relationship, Basinger would call Baldwin a tin pot tyrant and bully. Um, they would actually sling accusations at each other of alcohol abuse. Mm. Uh, Alec Baldwin would say, quote, it feels like someone punching me in the stomach as hard as they could right before I had to go and run the marathon. Finding a new love is the most unimaginable thing to me. I need Kim back in my life. Okay. Kim Basinger would say, you'll never get her, not while I'm breathing. Breathing. This is through the whole divorce proceedings. Yeah. And, and that's in regards to Ireland. Right. Back to that interview with uh, Netta Porte. Kim Basinger says, quote, divorce is hard on a kid, no matter how you cut it. And ours was very public and nasty. So I brought up Ireland in a very unconventional way. I just wanted her to be free. If she wanted to have her friends over and write over the walls with pen, that was fine. I wanted her childhood to be full of love and light and animals and friends. Okay, so you wanted your daughter to have no rules and um, learn that vandalism is okay. I mean, I, I kind of like that. Well, I guess. It's kind of like the mommy and daddy are getting divorced, so whatever you want, you can have. Which I don't know if that's a thing, but in my head that is. Where there's just like, we don't want them to hate us, so we'll let them do whatever they want. And there's no rules. I think it could go too far at times, but I think conceptually, the idea of like creative freedom... Yeah. And a super loving household. And maybe instead of timeouts, actually explaining to the child, this is why what you did is wrong, but you're not going to be punished for it. But I'm yeah. going to talk to you as a peer, as a person. I'm going to talk to you as another person and say, this is why what you did is wrong and hurts other people. I don't, I yeah. can't say, I can't speak to Kim Basinger's day to day parenting, but this is what it kind of sounds like to me. Yeah. And I'm not parent shaming. You know, there's lots of ways to raise children. Maybe this worked out. I don't know. Ireland seems like a nice girl. 
based on the literal nothing I know about her. <laughs> you like just learned of her today. <laughs> no, I knew that she got a mean voicemail from her dad. Okay. <laughs> All I knew about her. So in November 2002, their divorce is finalized. This is from New York Magazine. Quote, they have a custody agreement. Baldwin agrees to go to anger therapy and parenting school and to restrict phone calls to Ireland to a 90-minute window a day. Basinger agrees to install a private phone line for Ireland at his expense and email him weekly reports on her daughter's activities. Remember, Kim lives in Los Angeles in Woodland Hills, and Alec Baldwin lives in Long Island. Okay, look, I call my parents all the time. But if I had like 90 minutes a day that I had to talk to my parents, I'd be like, no, 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 no. A, a 90 minute window. Oh, so it's like you can call between 1 and 2.30. Right. So Ireland would have to be available for that call. And that's actually an important fact. So remember okay. that going forward. Okay. Still yeah. sounds really fucking psychotic, but okay. Right. But it makes sense. This is how it makes sense to me. I think Kim doesn't want to force Ireland to have to be available all day for a potential phone call. And this is kind of... This is in an era where, like, cell phones aren't as ubiquitous in our lives. Yeah. So I think that's the whole piece about installing a private phone line for Ireland at his expense. That's clearly a landline at Kim's home. Because remember, if, let's say, Alec wanted to call Kim's phone, but Kim wanted to have another phone call, she couldn't if, if Ireland was on the phone. So this way, Ireland has her own line that wouldn't interfere with Kim's line. So if Kim had to be on the phone and Ireland had to be on the phone at the same time, that would work. Got it. It makes sense. It's just still a little weird to me. But right. it, This would probably be less complicated in 2019. Yeah. It's like, okay, call my cell phone dad. <laughs> exactly. But in 2006, it wasn't very common for kids to have cell phones. Right. In October 2006, and actually this was 2002, so especially... In 2002. Yeah, they like, didn't even exist. I mean, cell phones did exist. Um, but like... Right. Not to that extent. Not to that extent. So it makes a lot of sense to, at the very least, be like, okay, so Ireland's going to have her own phone line and be home and available to possibly pick up the phone for this 90-minute window. She doesn't have to be on the phone for all 90 minutes. But she needs to be there in case he calls. Right. Now we go to October 2006. Kim Basinger faces contempt charges. She was actually charged with contempt of court for violating the terms of their custody agreement. Okay. And uh, the reason why is because Kim Basinger was allegedly obstructing his court-ordered visits and telephone calls. He claimed in court papers, quote, over and over Basinger demonstrated that her resentments are more precious to her than the emotional well-being of her child. Okay. Uh, According to an article entitled The Nasty Hollywood Divorce and the Innocent Child Caught in the Middle on (laughs) Families.com. Jesus, the original title. Just say it all in the title. It just lays it all out there in the title. No air of mystery about what you're going to be reading. Nope. Also, Families.com. That was an interesting website to visit. 
Quote, according to court papers, the most recent allegations brought forward by Baldwin maintains that Basinger violated their child custody agreement in multiple ways over the last two years, including failing to make their daughter available for visits and not informing him that Ireland was injured and required medical help. End quote. Because she was like in the freaking hospital and he just didn't know? I guess so. <sighs> That's weird. Come on, Kim. Kim Basinger's uh, attorney, Neil Hirsch, told People Magazine, quote, the charges are outrageous and my client is not guilty. She will be vindicated. It is a sad state of affairs when a father wants to imprison his daughter's mother and that they can't work things out amongst themselves. Okay. Because she was actually facing 60 days in jail and $12,000 in fines if convicted on all counts. That's a lot. Yeah, there were actually 12 misdemeanor counts of contempt charges against Kim Basinger. Jesus. He actually would ultimately decide to table the contempt charges in, quote, an effort to make peace. Okay. I just want to quickly note, in October of 2006, there was another monumental event in Alec Baldwin's life in addition to filing contempt charges against his ex-wife. 30 Rock premiered. Hey. And on January 15, 2007, Alec Baldwin won a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Television Series. <laughs> so there's really two sides of the spectrum in his life this year. Yeah, seriously. Huge extremes, right? Like trying to imprison his ex-wife and then launching one of the most successful sitcoms of all time. Really, really highs and lows. Highs and lows, you guys. But that's life, right, right? When it rains, it pours. But isn't life just a bunch of highs and lows? It is, and ebbs and flows. It ebbs and flows. Highs and lows. I have learned that recently. (laughs) My, like, sad therapy voice. (laughs) (laughs) Are you okay, Rye? I, I, like, start crying. But when it rains, it does pour, you guys. And it's so weird. Like when a lot of good, a lot of good shit happens at once and some not so good shit happens at once, I feel. Do I need to check in on you more often? Are you okay? Is everything... Do, Hashtag check okay? in on your happy friend. Just kidding. No, that wasn't like... It, mostly a good thing. I've noticed like a lot of... Go have a couple months where like not necessarily bad things are happening, but like nothing's happening. And then all at once, it's like four fucking great things happen at once and you're just overwhelmed with happiness. Which period are you in right now? Um, I'm in a high. I feel like I'm in a good, like, rain pour moment. Ooh, I love like, it. For good, for good things, I think. It does sound weird, though, for him, because it was like rain. When it rained, it poured, but it was some good rain and some bad rain. All right, let's fast forward to April of 2007. So January 2007, Alec Baldwin is on this high. He wins a Golden Globe. That's pretty big. On April 11th, he wasn't too happy, though. He was kind of on the ebb. He was kind of in a low. Okay. Because he would leave a voicemail for his daughter, Ireland, that day. There we go. There's the voicemail. (laughs) We finally got to the voicemail. But you needed all that setup of Kim Basinger and Alec Baldwin's relationship. Yeah. No, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about that. Because it really does contextualize this voicemail. At first... I was worried that I wasn't going to have enough content for today's episode. And then when I finally got into it, I realized, oh, crap. I actually need to go deep on Alec Baldwin's marriage and relationship to Kim Basinger to fully comprehend mm-hmm. the voicemail. And if, there's one thing I've, if there's one thing I've learned about you, Armin, you always have enough content. 
I never worry that. I'm the one who's usually shaking my boots. I'm like, this might be a 30-minute quick wrap-up. <laughs> I have, like, two quotes. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the voicemail? I don't know. It's really scary. I remember the voicemail, so I'm a little scared. All right. So Are you going to play it, or are you going to be it? I'm going to be it. We've never played anything on here. I don't know why randomly today you would play it. Well, maybe I'll edit in the voicemail. Uh, like at the end, like stay tuned after the credit. No, maybe I'll actually in post in post production. I'll edit the voicemail in right now. Oh my god, we'll fix it in post. Yeah, we'll fix it in no, post. But I'll read it for now, so you can. But hear you it. have to read it, yeah, because I don't. I'm, gonna I'm not going to be able to hear that. Maybe we'll do both. Oh my god, that'd be so fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then people can kind of compare and contrast, like yeah. who's with better. And I may leave all this in so people could see how we produce on the fly. You guys know we we love giving you guys insights into production meetings. So this is kind of how the artistic creative process works for us. This um, is called an AHP. Yeah. An ad hoc production meeting. Mm, yes, yes, yes. That's what I knew that meant. You knew. You knew. I always say, Rye, ready for an AHP? And you go, I'm there. I can't wait. I love AHPs. I'm like, I got tested. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready, Rye? Do the scary voicemail. Okay. This is... Alec Baldwin's voicemail to his daughter, Ireland, on April 11th, 2007. Quote, Hey, I want to tell you something, okay? And I want to leave a message for you right now, because, again, it's 10.30 here in New York on a Wednesday, and once again, I've made an ass of myself trying to get to a phone to call you at a specific time. When the time comes for me to make the phone call, I stop whatever I'm doing and I go when I make that phone call at 11 o'clock in the morning in New York if you don't pick up the phone at 10 o'clock at night and you don't even have the goddamn phone turned on. I want you to know something, okay? I'm tired of playing this game with you. I'm leaving this message with you to tell you you have insulted me for the last time. You have insulted me. You don't have the brains or the decency as a human being. I don't give a damn that you're 12 years old or 11 years old or that you're a child or that your mother is a thoughtless pain in the ass who doesn't care about what you do as far as I'm concerned. You have humiliated me for the last time with this phone. And when I come out there next week, I'm going to fly out there for the day just to strain you out on this issue. I'm going to let you know just how disappointed in you I am and how angry I am with you that you've done this to me again. You've made me feel like shit. And you've made me feel like a fool over and over again. And this crap you pull on me with this goddamned phone situation that you would never dream of doing to your mother. And you do it to me constantly and over and over again. I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to come out there for the day and I'm going to straighten your ass out when I see you. Do you understand me? I'm going to really make sure you get it. going to get on a plane, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to come home. So you better be ready Friday the 20th to meet with me so I'm going to let you know just how I feel about what a rude little pig you really are. You are a rude, thoughtless little pig, okay? And he hangs up. <laughs> First off... How the fuck long can voicemails be? Because I feel like I'm always getting cut off when I used to leave voicemails. And that was like a full solid two minutes. Things were just different back in 2007. By the way, right, I'm just going to insert a little plug here. I'm going to say, insert Alec Baldwin's voicemail, listeners. I may insert Alec Baldwin's uh, voicemail right here, right now. If I don't, then I didn't. And also, 
I would be so sad if that if my dad said those things to me. It's vile. It's like, and he doesn't even know how old she is. I mean, he's Alec Baldwin. He doesn't have enough time to know how old his daughter is. Yeah, and also like, boo-hoo, honey. He, she didn't pick up a freaking call. I don't know. It makes me so cringy. I'm cringing. It's reprehensible. It's awful. You should never speak to anybody like this, let alone your own 11-year-old child. And we have to remember, for a child, your parents are really the one thing that you know that you can rely on. You know, children don't have a lot of resources. And, and I'm aware that not every child is fortunate enough to have their parents in their lives. Yeah, or like supportive parents, even if they are there. And so when that person who you are relying on treats you like this, just think of how alone a child could feel, how abandoned they could feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, geez Louise, my dad would like yell at me for leaving the door open and I'd like cry for three days. (laughs) Would that really happen? I don't know, but anytime, anytime my family would, I'd never got in trouble. So anytime I got, would get yelled at, I would be so sad. So let alone like literally being verbally abused, I'd be like, oh my God, I'd freak out. To bring it back to Ireland, she had, you know, money and resources and she wasn't left on her own. But even with the privilege that she did have, this voicemail was probably still very shocking to her oh yeah because i remember yeah i remember when this voicemail came out i was like i'm like i got sad yeah and and it could really make you feel like you can't trust the people closest to you in your life because this is supposed to be your father this is supposed to be someone who's a caretaker but then your caretaker this person who you're supposed to entrust so much with yeah is lashing out at you like this yeah threatening violence it is yeah it's like aggressive as fuck and like calling someone a pig a rude little pig i'm like and this is so bad i don't know i just always pictured her like as like a little pig after that i I was just like oh she's like a little pig because i don't know what she looks like you know what she looks like now i don't know what she looks like now you should google her i'm gonna google her right now so uh i think maybe as bad as this voicemail is the fact that the voicemail leaks yeah, do you know how it got leaked? Yes, we do. I'll of get course. to it. <laughs> so, I mean, Rye, who do you think leaked it? Um, Kim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who else? I mean, Ireland doesn't have contacts within the industry at 11 years old. And people just don't have access to her landline voicemail. Wait, okay, sorry, no offense. Um, I'm making the connection now because I googled Ireland. She's really pretty. Yeah. But... She's related to Haley Baldwin somehow, who's now yeah. Haley Bieber. They're cousins. Oh my god! How do you not weird... realize that, Rob? I didn't make the connection until right now. I'm sorry. I don't think about these things. Haley Baldwin is Stephen Baldwin's daughter. She's who's? Stephen Baldwin's daughter. Oh my I'm god. pretty sure she's Stephen Baldwin's daughter. So weird. What a weird family. <laughs> Like, that's so random. So now she's, like, related to Justin Bieber casually. I mean, I guess they're in-laws, you could say. Oh, my God. That's so random. This is the most random thing I've ever experienced in my whole life. <laughs> this? This is the most random thing ever. <laughs> random. <laughs> like, this family is so strange. Celebrities are so weird, you guys. 
never become one. <laughs> As you're actively trying to become one. As I famously want to be famous. I just am like, how are they all related? Uh, like, what are the, do they have family barbecues? Like, yeah, all the time. Oh my God. They're called they Baldwin about? barbecues. Haven't you heard? What do they talk about? I kind of want to go to one. Oh, it'd be so drama. Maybe we'll get invited after this episode is released. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to fucking love us after this. <laughs> so, All the celebrities love us bringing up their old scandals again. They really appreciate it. <laughs> On um, One person kind of did, but not really. Corey Clark. The, the ball of Joel. <laughs> <laughs> no, he hates me. <laughs> yeah, he's not a big fan of you, but he likes the podcast, apparently. Yeah, and he likes you, I feel. Well, you know, I'm likable. What can I say? He, like, hated me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's hard having drama. I'm my own celebrity drama with <laughs> Dila. <laughs> so, Shout out, Corey. Sorry, okay? I, nothing's personal. Nothing I say on here is personal. It's all part of the art of podcasting. It's all just comedy and podcasting and storytelling. Oh, Haley Baldwin, if you hear this, or Haley Bieber, just... Send my invite over to the next barbecue. I don't know why of all of them she'd be listening to this, but... She's a fan. She is a fan. So on April 19th, a day before, Baldwin was set to fly out to straighten Ireland out. Oh, yeah. LOL. The voicemail he made it leaks. very clear. He made it very clear, right? The voicemail leaks to TMZ. Yikes. Classic TMZ. Apparently, a family law judge was so alarmed after hearing the tape, according to TMZ, that she temporarily barred Alec Baldwin from having any contact with Ireland. Yikes. And that happened on Wednesday, April 18th. So, on Wednesday, April 18th, Los Angeles County Superior Court Commissioner Marin Nelson heard the tape and temporarily suspended Alec Baldwin's visitation rights. Okay. A hearing was then set for May 4th, where the judge would either permanently deny Alec Baldwin visitation or not. TMZ reached out to Alec Baldwin's uh, lawyer, Vicky Green, and Vicky Green said whatever happened yesterday was sealed and confidential. What you're telling me you got, you shouldn't have, right? <laughs> and Kim Basinger's attorneys, Neil Hirsch and Judy Bogan, did not make comment at that time. So, it seems pretty clear that Kim Basinger was the one who leaked the tape. Eventually, it's pretty much confirmed that Kim Basinger <laughs> leaked the tape. Who else would have? Nobody else could have. Unless it's the lawyers, but the lawyers would never do that. No. So, th those are the only people that, that had physical contact with the tape. Yeah. A friend of Alec Baldwin's who remained anonymous, reached out to TMZ to say, quote, Alec Baldwin called Ireland last week and apologized for the outburst. The friend also said that Ireland is the most important thing in the world to Alec Baldwin and that he's just frustrated because over the last six years, Kim Basinger has tried everything to alienate Ireland from him. Yeah. I get it. I get the frustration. But, like, you're taking it out on the wrong person, buddy. Alec Baldwin would actually say that exact thing a week later. But I'll get into that. But he almost said word for word that he took his frustrations out on the wrong person. Crazy minds think alike. But that doesn't justify the voicemail. No, no, no. 
that's why I wanted to get deep into Kim Basinger and Alec Baldwin's relationship because it clearly informs the voicemail. It contextualizes it. Yeah, it does. It does. It makes more sense now. Right. Out of context, it's like, why would you ever speak to your daughter like that? In yeah. context, you understand how it would come to be. I still don't really understand why you would do that. Right. You're still kind of like, you're fucked up, but okay. <laughs> the, the environment was totally toxic. And his relationship with his ex-wife, I mean, was just so, so, so volatile that he did take it out on his daughter, clearly. And he would admit that. His spokesperson said, quote, in the best interest of the child, Alec will do what the mother is pathologically incapable of doing, keeping his mouth shut and obeying the court order. Roasted. The mother and her lawyer leaked this sealed material in violation of a court order. Although Alec acknowledges that he should have used different language in parenting his child, everyone who knows him privately knows what he has been put through for the past six years. Again, he's kind of laying the blame on Kim, uh, but you have to take responsibility for what you said. Yeah. Kim Basinger would actually deny the fact that she leaked the voicemail, but they, they would actually go through court proceedings to try to uncover the source of the leaked voicemail. On April 20th, uh, Alec Baldwin's attorneys actually filed paperwork with the L.A. Superior Court to do so. And his attorney, Vicki Green, said that Kim Basinger or her agents or attorneys are the only possible sources of the leaked tape. And of course, if it was her agent or her attorney, it would have to be at her direction. Yeah. She was involved. She was involved. Um, but she denied that. On April 27th, 2007, Alec Baldwin actually made an emotional appearance on The View. Mm, classic. Is there anything but an emotional appearance on The View? It's constantly emotional. <laughs> I you- love The View. Honest. <laughs> you can only ever make an emotional appearance on The View. When we eventually make our debut on The View, we will be emotional. Oh, you know the emotions will be running high, honey. Are you going to apologize for calling your daughter a thoughtless pig? Give me a few years and probably. <laughs> so Alex said, quote, obviously calling your child a pig or anything else is improper and inappropriate. And I apologize to my daughter for that. He would also say, there's nothing wrong with being frustrated or angry about the situation. It's the way you do it. And as people often do in this world, I took it out on the wrong person. I'm just saying I called that, honey. Because I'm unable, under the current dynamic, to address the other person, end quote. Yeah, I guess if you're also not even allowed to take out your frustrations on the right person because you can't contact them, then that's not going to help. And look, they haven't gone into specifics publicly about what happened, but we can decipher with the breadcrumbs that we do have what happened. And that is Kim Basinger probably made it difficult for Alec Baldwin to call. Right, and it also sounded like this was not the first time it had happened. So he was probably like, this fucking bitch is like continuously messing up. It was not the first time that that had happened because... Kim Basinger was facing charges of contempt because she was in violation of the terms of their agreement. For one, she was denying him visitation. Right. 
but also because she wasn't even allowing him to call Ireland. Yeah. So clearly the frustrations were just mounting and mounting. Again, not to justify the call. Yeah. He said also on The View that he had never done this before in his life. That like makes it better. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A lot of people have never done that in their lives, but yeah. I think because he has a penchant for like punching out photographers. Yeah. And having angry outbursts constantly. He wanted to clarify that the angry voicemail tirades were actually just a one-time thing. Cool. Okay, I, I, I'll forgive it then. It makes sense. At least you're not doing it like you punch people like every freaking day. Here was another interesting tidbit, Rye. He asked NBC to release him from his contract <gasps> for 30 Rock. Oh my God, no. He actually not only wanted to leave 30 Rock because he said that he didn't want the show to be negatively affected by him. Mm-hmm. But he said he also wanted to temporarily retire from acting, like have a three to five year hiatus. What the heck? Yeah. He said, that didn't happen. well, that, yeah, that of course didn't happen. <laughs> and I'll go into why. But he said, he said on the view, quote, if I never acted again, I couldn't care less. I would like to devote myself to the cause of parental alienation. What? Yeah. So <laughs> he also talked about how he had a book coming out about divorce litigation. What the heck? And he actually did release a book about divorce litigation called A Promise to Ourselves, A Journey Through Fatherhood and Divorce. Oh, my God. So he said on The View, quote, there were bills that were proposed by California lawmakers that were killed, which were about equality and co-parenting and divorce litigation. And this is the work that I've been creeping up on, but I've been busy. So anyway, that book is released, and here is the synopsis on Amazon. Quote, I've been through some of the worst of contentious divorce litigation, Alec Baldwin declares in a promise to ourselves. Using a very personal approach, he offers practical guidance to help others avoid the anguish he has endured. End quote. Okay, no offense, but I don't think people should be taking advice from Alec Baldwin on how to properly handle a divorce. I think his whole cause is rooted in the idea that fathers aren't given the same standing in divorce litigation. Yeah. So he feels alienated not only by his ex-wife, but by the family law system. Yeah, I get it. But like also... Okay. I mean, that's his perspective. Yeah. <laughs> he clearly harbors a lot of resentment towards Kim Basinger and thinks like this is all her fault. Yeah. So well. Barbara Walters actually asked him on The View, you said it to your daughter, but you meant it for your ex-wife? <laughs> Get him, Barbara. And uh, he said- Barbara's always hitting hard. Oh, the, always with the hard-hitting questions. Uh, Baldwin said, quote, well, I think that goes without saying, quite frankly. Yeah, it does. We freaking get, we get, we get the- you know, relationship where this message was meant to be. He knew that Kim was going to hear it, you know. He knew Kim was going to hear the voicemail. She would probably think it's about her. We get it. So through uh, her rep, Kim Basinger said, it is Kim's sincerest wish for Alec to finally address uh, his unstable and irrational behavior so he, at some point, can potentially create a relationship with his daughter. Okay, does that ever happen? Like, do they talk now? Well, remember in that Netta Porte interview, Kim Basinger did say that they're 
they're fine now. Yeah. But is him in Ireland? Oh, oh, from for him in Ireland. We'll get there. Oh my god. I assumed. I'm just dying to know. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there, right? That's the aftermath. Uh, a quick quote from Billy Baldwin. We have to hit a Baldwin brother for a quote, right? They always have to be involved. He said that, quote, Alec is a fantastic human being who can get hot-headed, but only about really, really important things like family or like photographers. Yeah. Billy also said, quote, what people don't understand is that when a man goes through a divorce, there is a fear that your ex-wife is poisoning the well and pitting your own child against you. Alec's attitude and tone reflects that concern, end quote. Okay. So they're very like anti ex wife, anti Kim. Yeah. Okay. So it's all Kim's fault. We got it. <laughs> Do you want to hear what Lauren Michaels has to say? What the fuck does it matter? But yeah. <laughs> well, he was an executive producer on 30 Rock. Oh, okay. True. <laughs> right. So <laughs> he said, quote, I'm just like, are we just pulling out the fucking cuts of <laughs> random people who have an opinion? <laughs> Let's hear what Twitter had to say. No. Yeah. I say, as a host of a podcast who has no connection to it, I'm like, I don't care other people's opinions. <laughs> It's funny, I actually do have quotes from the audience at The View that day, but I decided to skip over that. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Joe Schmo from freaking Arkansas is like, here's what I think about it. Well, people actually reached out to the audience and got quotes from different audience members to pull to basically see if their uh, opinions changed after yeah. seeing Alec Baldwin on The View. So Hollywood. So, in the same week, Alec Baldwin fired his agent at CAA. Okay, classic. Tries to retire from acting, like I said, for three to five years, but NBC wouldn't let him get out of his contract. Good, because that would have been a downfall for the show. On April 26th, 2007, The Hollywood Reporter actually broke down the legal battle between Alec Baldwin and NBC and whether he could terminate his contract for 30 Rock. Apparently, the terms of his contract stayed undisclosed so we don't really know what was in the contract so we don't know how many seasons the contract covered but at this time alec baldwin was privately saying that he did intend to fulfill his obligation to the show okay i i think maybe he had like one more year left on his contract right probably he wanted to get out of it get out of the spotlight for a few years, but he couldn't. So he's like, okay, I'll just do one more year and be done with it. But obviously 30 Rock ends up being a resounding success. Yeah. Would actually win the Emmy for Outstanding Comedy Series later in 2007. And I think at that, at that point, Alec Baldwin's like, you know what? I'll stick around. He's like, I'll do it. <laughs> On Friday, April 27, 2007, Alec Baldwin uh, wrote a little piece for his website. Oh, God. He has a website? <laughs> AlecBaldwin.com. I actually visited it to see if I could find the original blog post, but it's not there anymore. Jesus Christ. I love how whenever we do like a scandal from the like early 2000s, there's always like the celebrity writing their response to the scandal on their website. On their website? Like, what? Nobody ever is visiting that. <laughs> like, remember Kanye <laughs> did yeah, the same? Con- I'm like, what? <laughs> psychopaths so he said quote lately i'm feeling that a commitment to parents rights and those of fathers in particular 
makes show business seem inappropriate. Although I have been told by numerous people not to worry too much, as all parents lose their patience with their kids, I am most saddened that this was released to the media because of what it does to a child. I'm sorry, as everyone knows me as aware, for losing my temper with my child. I have been driven to the edge by parental alienation for many years now. You have to go through this to understand, although I hope you never do. I I feel like he's making too many statements, none of which really change the, like change in from statement to statement. Yeah, he he's, he basically is trying to just like spread the blame around or actually shift the blame from himself to Kim Basinger. And also like blame it on like whatever this term parental alienation is that he's coming up with. <laughs> he's like it's a thing. It's a thing. Everyone's like, okay, Alec, yeah, yeah, sure. Write a book. Write a book about it. He also does the whole classic non-pology of being like, I'm sorry, but I'm not actually sorry. He says, I am sorry for what happened, but I am equally sorry that a court order was violated, which had deliberately been been put under seal in this case. Because remember, in, on April 18th, the day before this voicemail was leaked, they had a court hearing, and this voicemail was ordered to be sealed, to be never yeah. released. And Kim Basinger the next day sends it over to Harvey Levin. She's like, fuck you guys. So uh, then we have the May 4th custody hearing, which I referenced earlier, um, that was set because of this voicemail. That custody hearing was also determined to be confidential. So we don't actually know what happened during that custody hearing, except for the fact that Superior Court Commissioner Mayor Nelson who presided over the previous custody hearing, said that media coverage of the dispute between Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger had been emotionally traumatic for their daughter. So that's why that court hearing was going to be closed. Yes, finally. Jesus. As so, if that's the news. They're like, actually, it's been really hard on the daughter. Like, yeah, I'm sure it fucking has. Now, Kim's lawyer, Neil Hirsch, said outside the courthouse, we are very, very pleased with the judge's thoughtful decision. And Vicky Green declined comment, specifically because she said she wanted to adhere to the court order, right? Finally, someone does. However, I had a hard time finding any information about whether or not there were changes to their custody agreement. It does seem that basically they were able to resolve the issues and maintain their custody agreement. Okay, so they it stayed the same, essentially. Right. That's my understanding, because I tried to find the results of a June 5th hearing that was set up at this May 4th hearing. And that June 5th hearing specifically was going to look into who leaked the tape and to just follow up on what happened at this May 4th hearing. I, I had a hard time even finding uh, the results of this May 4th hearing. I only found like one article on it in the Mercury News. I think at this point, they all agreed to keep things private in the interest of Ireland and her yeah. emotional and mental well-being. Probably a smart idea. Yeah. I mean, cause Green goes on to say at one point that the public disclosure of the voicemail violated a court order to keep all proceedings confidential. So I don't even think it was just about that voicemail. I think they had sort of had an agreement to try to keep as many things confidential as possible. But that was never really the case. A lot of the turmoil of their divorce was public from the contempt charges to the back and forth in the media, accusing each other of alcohol abuse. A lot of it played out in the 
media, which is which is funny because that kind of contradicts Colin Ambrose, their friend's prediction from earlier that they wouldn't have a public nasty divorce, and they ultimately had an extremely nasty public divorce. Colin's a fucking idiot. How close of friends are you with them, buddy? Clearly didn't know them that well. Yeah. But um, that's basically it for the incident. Let me get into the aftermath real quick. Damn. So in regards to his acting career and 30 Rock... Alec Baldwin wouldn't retire for three to five years and would not uh, leave 30 Rock, obviously, because he would go on to appear in all 138 episodes of all seven seasons. Iconic. In the July-August uh, 2009 issue of Playboy, Alec Baldwin said that he contemplated suicide because of the incident, actually. Mm-hmm. He said that he had very serious thoughts about killing himself, but ultimately he was talked out of it. Quote, I spoke to a lot of professionals who helped me. If I committed suicide, Kim Basinger's side would have considered that a victory. Destroying me was their avowed goal. End quote. Damn. Alec Baldwin also called TMZ's Harvey Levin. You know, the creator of TMZ. Iconic mass of a human. <laughs> Alec Baldwin agrees. He calls Harvey Levin, quote, a human tumor, a graceless <laughs> character who lives in that weird netherworld. Okay, why do Alec Baldwin and I have, like, way too many similar thoughts? <laughs> and you guys are both Irish Catholic. I am scared. Am I going to grow up to be him? Honestly, it wouldn't be mad. He's, like, rich and famous. And handsome. And handsome and completely mentally insane. All so. you need to do is punch a photographer. Sign me up. Send one over. <laughs> bitch. <Someone laughs> when you me. least expect it, I'm going to send one over. I'm really unphotogenic. <laughs> hey, no, I disagree with that. I'm very unphotogenic, but thank you. You are photogenic. Mm, not candidly. Not candidly? You need to be posed? Yeah, for sure. I took one of the great photos of you of all time. Which one? The uh, profile shot of you. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. The shadows really worked in my favor, that one. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was all me, too. That was all the photographer in that case. I remember that. Iconic. Uh, Alec Baldwin also said that he cut ties with Matt Lauer because of the incident. Of course, Matt Lauer is involved. Kind kind of seemingly uh, uh, not at all related to the story, but I'm going to explain why it is related to that story. Now, he did not cut off Matt Lauer because Matt Lauer is a serial rapist, which would have been a great reason to cut him off. Would have been one reason. Definitely a top reason. But he said, quote, I'm on an NBC show and today was considered vital. But when that voicemail tape thing happened, Matt Lauer interviewed Levin before he even called me. Lauer put Levin on today and they never phoned me. When it's in their interest to reach me, they know how. I saw that and said, my relationship with the Today Show is over. I'll never do today again, ever. Life's too short. Probably dodged the bullet, honestly, in the end. Now, uh, he did appear on today again. Classic. But... Matt Lauer is no longer on today, of course. True, true. Another uh, Alec Baldwin barb directed at Harvey Levin in 2012. Alec Baldwin told Vanity Fair in an interview, quote, I wanted to stick a knife in him and gut him and kill him, and I wanted him to die breathing his last breath looking into my eyes. Just normal things, normal, healthy, mentally healthy things to say. Super healthy, um, super controlled keeping that anger yeah. under control. Really good thing to say publicly and have um, quoted forever. He also called Harvey Levin a vermin on Twitter and then quit Twitter. <laughs> he quit Twitter on Monday, July 2nd of 2012. He signed off with the message, it's been fun. He is now back on Twitter. Okay, so he's really not good at holding 
hold into things. He's great with commitment, is what we're realizing. Yeah, really sticks to his guns. Now, here's what's interesting. So, in September of 2012, we're getting to a point where now, you know, Ireland is old enough to speak for herself, right? Right, I'm like dying to know. Ireland is 16 years old, and she speaks about the voicemail to page six. Classic. I don't know how this was set up. I, I tried to find out, but couldn't find out. But she actually speaks to page six. I wonder if it was through Alec or Kim, or she just went about it herself. She probably called 1-800-PAGE-6 and was like, hey, remember me? But see, I call 1-800-PAGE-6 all the time, and they never pick up. Well, they don't remember you. Have someone insult you on a voicemail, and maybe they'll care. Well, someone did once, actually, but nobody seems to care about it. And it yes, was you. It-, it was you who did it. I don't leave voicemails, bitch. <laughs> That's true. That's so implausible of a story because you literally never leave voicemails. And I also don't call people. Yeah, you've never called me before. No, I hate talking on the phone. As we talk on the phone. It's like different. True. Uh, so <laughs> Ireland told Page Six that her father actually speaks like that often because he's frustrated. <laughs> she told Page Six that, quote, the only problem with that voicemail was that people made it out to be a way bigger deal than it was. He's said stuff like that before just because he's frustrated. For me, it was like, okay, whatever. I called him back. I was like, sorry, Dad. I didn't have my phone. That was it, end quote. Damn, well, that doesn't really help. (laughs) So I guess she's contradicting the earlier claim by Alec Baldwin that it only ever happened once. It was a one-time thing, yeah. Where's the truth? Who's telling the truth? On April 29th, 2013, Ireland talked about the voicemail on her Tumblr. Remember that social media platform? Loved Tumblr. I was obsessed. You were? For like a solid year and a half, I was addicted to Tumblr. Like, It's the one social media that I had to actually stop going on because I was so addicted to it. What was your Tumblr name? White Blink Page. Because <laughs> I was obsessed with Mumford and Sons and they had a song called White Blink Page. Um, it's actually still active if you guys want to go. It's um, whiteblinkpage.tumblr.com, but page is just PG. Love it. And it's really embarrassing shit from when I was a senior in high school and a freshman in college and then I finally quit. <laughs> so if you want to see Ryan embarrass himself on Tumblr, visit White Blink Page. Mine was like a comedy Tumblr. I, re- I re- reblogged like funny things. I wasn't like emo. Uh, well, this is what Ireland had to say on Tumblr. Quote, just like almost all of you, my dad has made some mistakes in the past. He has spoken out of place. He has let his ta- temper get the best of him. And he has reacted towards things in ways he shouldn't have. I get hateful replies and threats regarding mistakes of my dad's past. This isn't fair. I had nothing to do with anything that happened back then, so I don't fully understand why I am being targeted. More importantly, my dad has moved on. He recognized that he needed to change, so he made changes. He is now healthy, happily married with a baby on the way. He moved on, so why can't you? I have entered the social media world and their entertainment business to make a name for myself. I am proud to be my parents' daughter, but I don't want to forever be known as that rude, thoughtless little pig. Or Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger's kid. Damn. She's like, I don't I have my own life now. Bye. And here we are, not letting her move on. I know. <laughs> sorry, Ireland. <laughs> now I feel bad. You know what? Never post this. We're never gonna make this no. public. But this was fun, right? I had a good time. Um, I guess we're not posting this, right? But let's finish it anyway, right? I just like doing it for fun anyway. Yeah, we do it for fun. Um, but you know what? I I feel like based on what would proceed to happen in the next six years after 2013, that Ireland has embraced 
this moment that has become a part of, I guess, like celebrity scandal history. And it, not an important part of celebrity scandal history, but one of the mo- more referenced and recognizable moments. It's a scandal. It's a scandal. So in July 2015, Alec Baldwin and Ireland mocked the pig voicemail on Instagram. Oh my God, love that. They posted a photo of themselves reading a children's book called If I Were a Pig. If I Were a Pig. So they both posted a photo. In Ireland's photo, she wrote the caption with a pig nose emoji and wrote, quote, If I Were a Pig, dot, 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 I would be rude and thoughtless, of course. (laughs) Queen. And then in Alec Baldwin's photo, he wrote a caption that said, quote, I'd be rude and thoughtless. That's the only pig to be. Oh, my God. Uh, At least they can joke about it now. Exactly. So in 2017 on Good Morning America, Alec Baldwin uh, said this. This is maybe kind of a setback, um, but he says this, quote, It's thrown in your face every day. There are people who admonish me or attack me and use that as a constant spearhead to do that. It's a scab that never heals because it's being picked at all the time by other people. And my daughter, that's hurt her in a permanent way, end quote. And here we are, again, picking at that scab. We apologize. Throwing it in your face, Alec. Sorry. And, And look, to be fair to Alec Baldwin, I'm sure in the 12 years since, he's a different person. It seems like he hasn't made that mistake again, considering the fact that him and his daughter are able to joke about that voicemail together. Right. They've obviously made amends to an extent. (laughs) And you know what? If they can joke about it, then maybe we can revisit it for this historical celebrity scandal podcast, right? Right. If they hadn't made a joke about it, we wouldn't have even touched this. Never. We would have never touched it. We never touch things that people haven't joked about retrospectively. We We have class, you guys. We really do. Not. <laughs> and, of course, the reason why I am, I am even doing this scandal in the first place, I was inspired by the fact that Comedy Central, in September of 2019, aired their roast of Alec Baldwin. Oh. Relevant, relevant. Yeah, I thought you understood that, but clearly not. Oh, no, I didn't even know they did that. You didn't? No. Wow, okay. Well, obviously, Alec Baldwin's voicemail uh, was... A focus, to say the yeah, least. Yeah, they had to have made fun of that at least once or twice. Uh, but obviously one of the headliners at the roast was Ireland herself. Yes, Ireland, get yours. Uh, she uh, not only roasted her own father, but uh, she talked about the voicemail. Uh, love that. So she had some great moments. I'm going to read some of them. She said, hi, Dad, I'm Ireland. And the way she does it sort of implies that he wouldn't recognize her. Yeah. Because obviously they lived on opposite coasts for most of her life. She said, it's good to be here. I almost didn't even know about it because I haven't checked my voicemails from my dad for the last 12 years. (laughs) She also said, it's not easy to be the daughter of an iconic movie star, but I'm not here to talk about my mother and her Oscar. (laughs) Get him. She also said, a lot of people only know my dad as an angry guy. But he's more than some lunatic who loses his temper. He also loses Emmys, Oscars, and custody of his firstborn child. Am I right? Dad. Uh, <laughs> I love her. <laughs> so that's really the latest update uh, in this scandal. And I think probably the one that would uh, put the nail in the coffin on this one. September 2019, Ireland roasts her own father, Alec Baldwin. 
And I think they must have full closure on yeah. this voicemail at this point. I hope so. Yeah, it's been long enough. I mean, I, he's obviously not acting that way anymore towards her. So sometimes you got to just forgive and forget, you know? He restricts it to photographers. Right, which is fine. They probably deserved it. Maybe. Maybe. But <laughs> we don't condone that. violence on this podcast, right? I love that she was on the roast of him. That's great. Yeah, it, it was actually quite funny. She had good delivery. She should become. A, she should do some stand-up comedian shit now. Maybe she's trying to transition her career, which I don't know what she does. But well, she's an aspiring actress and a model. Good for her. I'm actually looking at her Instagram right now. I found the um, post. Oh, you did the book. Yeah, it's great, right? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Oh God, I love being able to poke fun at shit. So good for them. Yeah, I'm happy that they've been able to reconcile and have still a strong relationship seemingly look we ebbed and we flowed and we ended up on an ebb or a flow i knew we were going to end up on a flow right good for us i can i knew there was gonna be a happy ending in this we love ending on a high we have to end on a high except for some of them (laughs) except for uh ones uh, that end very darkly which has happened a few times with murder um oh my gosh well how fun how's that was Kind of scary, but fun. Fun it was scary. a rocky a roller coaster ride, wouldn't you say? Rocky roller coaster ride. I, my opinion on Alec has not changed. I will say that. He does have a pretty well-defined public persona. I'm just kind of like, that's him. Right. You know, that's him. Oh, so you just spent two hours telling me exactly who Alec Baldwin uh, has already been known to be. Good. There is no point in this. Once again, we're not even posting it, so it doesn't matter. Again, we're not even posting it, so uh, I guess nobody's even going to hear this. Do we even sign out on this? I would say bye, but there's no point in even signing off because right. no one's going to hear it. I'll just say bye to you. Right, this was a lot of fun. This was so much fun, Armin. I'm so happy to do this just for you and I. Just for us. And if anyone else were to hear this, I would thank them for listening. But unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, they won't be. So thanks to no one. Thanks, thanks to, to nobody. No for those who would have listened to it, you know, hypothetically... Uh, we would have said, um, we hope you join us next time, I guess, right? Yeah, I would say thank you so much and see you next time, but don't have to. So, bye, Armin. Bye, Ryan.